Luke chapter 17 this morning. Wasn't that wonderful? What wonderful specials, uh, Miss Lorna, Brother Caleb, Brother Zach. It's all been wonderful. Brother Sam, thank you. Uh, it has been great to be in the Lord's house. I mentioned this last week. I've noticed the last few weeks in uh, something that I've noticed and that we very, very often get into as Christians. Uh, we get stuck in a rut. And when I come here, I don't want it. I don't want to do things just because that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, I don't want to just come in here and go through the motions. I want everything to be Spirit-led. And I want God to have part of everything. I've noticed the excitement level has gone down a little bit. And hey, that comes and goes because y'all been in church. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. But child of God, we have every reason in the world to stay excited. We have every reason in the world to put a smile on our face and worship our Lord and Savior with all of our might. I'll tell you, He's worthy of it this morning. Amen. So I want to encourage you, let's keep on going. Hey, the attendance is down this morning. There's people out and about, sick, all of that. But there's still a great crowd here. But most of all, the Spirit of God is in this place. And let's allow the Lord to have His will in our life. Y'all glad to be here? Amen. Let's stand. Let's, for the reading of God's Word, let's reverence His Word this morning. Luke chapter 17, in verse 1. Then said He unto the disciples, It is impossible that the offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and and be cast into the sea, than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. If he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, Be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I understand there are parts of your word that are difficult to apply. But Lord, with your spirit and with your help this morning, it's possible. And Lord, there's things in your word that it's hard to live by. But Lord, I know that we don't need to just be hearers of your word. We need to be doers this morning. And Lord, we can't leave parts of it out. We've got to apply every bit of it so that your word can have free reign in our life, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would apply this message to our hearts and to our life and to our homes and to our church. Lord, I pray for your the moving of your Holy Spirit in this place today. I need your help. I need your guidance, Lord. I don't want to be seen, but I want your son Jesus to be seen today. Lord, I want to leave this place different than how I walked in it. Lord, I want, to, I want to leave this place with a burning desire. And I pray that you do that in this place this morning. I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my message again this morning is in the form of a question. And the question is, why must I forgive others? Why must I forgive others? I understand sometimes that there are subjects, there are things that we don't like to talk about, that because sometimes they're hard to apply. 
as to be honest with you, as a pastor, as a preacher, it's difficult sometimes to apply these things to my life. There are some of these things that I don't want to do, but I want you to know that everything in this Word is here for our benefit. It is here for the betterment of our life and for the betterment of our family and for our church. We can't not skip a page just because we don't like it. Amen? We've got to apply every bit of it. And this is one of those sermons today that it's hard for me because I have to apply this myself. I have to swallow this pill before I can give it. But why must I forgive others? The very day that I was born into this world, I was born with this kind of nature, okay? Now, the world in which we live, we're going to get offended. We're going to have confrontations and things are going to happen. But this is how I was born. This was the nature that I was born with, okay? That when people did things to me, it is natural for me to get mad. It is natural for me to get bitter. It is natural for me to carry my feelings on my shoulders. It is natural for me to hang on to things and not to forgive those people around me. It is natural. That is my nature. It is my nature to carry my feelings on my shoulders and carry things to my grave and and stay mad and stay in bondage. That's my nature. Friend, that's what the devil wants me to do. That's what comes naturally to me. And that's what comes naturally to every single one of us. But the very day that I got saved, I was born again. And the very day I was born again, I received a new nature. And now that new nature has entered into my life. And now I'm not to act like I used to. I'm not to hold on to things like I used to. Now I'm commanded to forgive. Now I'm not to hold on to those bitter things. I'm not to live life in bondage. Let me tell you something. If somebody has offended you today and you're holding on to that, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. Okay, and when you are mad at somebody, and when you are bitter at somebody, there is nobody hurting more in your life than you. Okay, and the very day that you got saved, God delivered you from that bondage. And friend, now we have the power to forgive. Now we are given the ability to forgive. To forgive simply means to remit the punishment where the guilty person is dealt with as if he were innocent. So forgiving somebody is taking somebody that is completely guilty. I mean, we don't need to go to the courthouse. We don't need a jury to trial. We know and they know they're guilty. And to forgive somebody is to take a guilty person and treat them as if they have done nothing wrong. Isn't that unbelievable? That's what true forgiveness is this morning. To take somebody guilty and treat them as they are completely guilty innocent. You say, preacher, you don't know what people's done to me. Friend, I know every day we are done wrong. I know every day people do things to offend us. People say things. People do things they don't even realize that they're doing. Sometimes they offend us and they don't even mean to. Sometimes they mean to offend us. And we say, preacher, there is no way that I can take somebody completely guilty and treat them as they have done nothing wrong. Friend, the very day that you got saved, you received a new nature. Okay? You received something brand new. And it's called Jesus Christ. It's called the Spirit of God. And I want you to know as God's people, we're supposed to forgive. 
We are to forgive other people. You say, how in the world do we take somebody that is completely guilty and treat them as they're innocent? Jesus is teaching here. And I want you to notice the response of the apostles in verse 5. When he said, if they trespass against you seven times in a day and ask for forgiveness, you forgive them. This is their response. Lord, increase our faith. Isn't that where it's at today? I don't forgive them in my own power. I don't forgive others around me in my own power, in my own strength. But I forgive them in the power that I have of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, I can forgive. Listen, before I met Jesus, I had no reason to forgive anybody. But the very day that I met Him, I have all reason to forgive everybody. And I have all power and all strength to forgive the people around me. Okay? Now, if you don't forgive people around you, there are some consequences. There are some things that's going to happen in your life. But I'm telling you this morning, we need to forgive those around us. If you've never been offended, hold on. Before the day's out, you're going to get offended, okay? Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to do something. The devil's going to linger somebody over your head to make you mad, to take you to that breaking point. Friend, i got three kids. I know. (laughs) The devil will use anybody and anything to get us to that place, okay? And as God's people, we cannot act like the world anymore. As God's people, we need to forgive. Why must I forgive others? Number one, to fulfill the Scripture. Jesus is teaching the disciples here. Notice what He said in verse 3. He said, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. We are commanded in the Scripture to forgive those around us. We are not to walk around bitter anymore. We're not to live in bondage anymore. If somebody has done something against us, Jesus has commanded us to to forgive them and to take that guilty person and treat them as they have done nothing wrong. Friend, if you're going to fulfill the Scripture in your life, you must learn how to forgive people around you. If you don't learn how to forgive people around you, you're going to live a miserable life. If you don't have forgiveness in your heart, you're going to have a miserable life for the simple fact is that is what Jesus has told us to do, is to forgive those when they offend us. You say, why must I forgive? Because Jesus told us to. Okay? Jesus Himself told us, if somebody offends you, you forgive them. If there is ought, if there is a problem, you are to settle that problem, you are to take care of that problem, and you are to forgive that individual. That is a command of the Scripture, friend. That is not a recommendation. It's not a suggestion. It is a command by Jesus Christ Himself that if you're upset with somebody, you are to forgive them. You are to take them and treat them as they're completely innocent. Preacher, you have no idea what that individual done. There's no way I can do that. I used this as an illustration one Wednesday night. But do you remember a year or two ago there, I believe it's Tennessee or Carolina, the black church on a Wednesday night was having Bible study, and the little white guy come in there and killed most of the church that night, and horrible, 
horrible, wrong situation. He was wrong. They took him to jail. And the next day, two or three days after that, do y'all remember this? All of their families had a video conference with this guy. And all of their families looked at this guy in the eyes through this video conference and said, We forgive you. We forgive you. You killed our dad, you killed our mom, but I forgive you. You took the life of all of my loved ones, but I forgive you. And I looked at that, and my heart just was ripped out of my chest when I saw that. And I thought, how in the world, why in the world are they doing that? Because, friend, that's what God's people do. They forgive because Jesus has told us to forgive. And if we're going to live a life of abundance, if we're going to live a relationship with Jesus, we must be obedient to the Scripture. And it's very simple that we must forgive. That's what the Scripture says. But isn't it hard to apply this morning? He said to forgive. If Jesus told us to forgive, then we need to forgive. I want you to look with me in Mark chapter 11. If you're still awake, say amen. Mark chapter 11. Notice this. Number two, why must I forgive others to fulfill the Scripture? Number two, so that I might be forgiven. Notice what it said. Mark 11 and verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Friend, the verse we just read is serious business, okay? Every one of us wants our sins forgiven, don't we? Every time we go before the Lord, we want the blood of Jesus to have its effect and to have its power on our life. There is nothing greater today that I can stand here before you and because of the blood of Jesus, stand here as a forgiven man. I'm not perfect. I've never been perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. But bless God, I'm forgiven today. Isn't it one of the most greatest benefits of being a child of God that we walk in the forgiveness through the precious blood of Jesus, friend? We're not claiming to be perfect, but we're claiming to be forgiven today. And if it was not for that forgiveness, we'd be in a world of trouble today. And I'm glad today that I can stand before God and I can stand before that very presence because I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. Jesus said, if you don't forgive other people, I'm not going to forgive you. Before anybody can truly be saved, their heart must be humbled and their heart must be broken before the Lord. And I want to tell you something, that bitter heart, that hard heart, when you're holding on to that, 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 that burden, when you're holding on to that unforgiveness towards somebody or something, when you're holding on to that, you know what that does? It puffs you up. It hardens your heart. I'm telling you, it, it brings a separation between you and God. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this this morning. If you're here this morning and there's somebody or something in your life and you don't forgive them this morning, you're hard-hearted according to the Bible. And I want you to know that the very moment that you became hard-hearted, that your sins have not been forgiven. You say, preacher, I've gone every day. I've gone every day. And I've asked the Lord to forgive me of, of my sins. I want you to notice the, the words written in red. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespass. 
Friend, do not hold things over people's head. We are to forgive them so that God can forgive us. You say, I don't understand that. I don't either, but I've got to apply it. And I understand and I know today that if I'm going to go before the Lord and the blood of Jesus is going to have effect on my life, I must break my heart down and I must forgive those people around me. Let me tell you something. If you can't get right with people around you, you can't get right with God. And if you can't get right with God, you can't get right with people around you. You say, well, I'm good with God, but I'm not with them. That does not make sense. That is not biblical. Okay? It is not biblical to be in good turns with the Lord, but be in odds with everybody around you. That is not biblical, okay? It's not biblical. If you are going to receive forgiveness, you must forgive. You may have been holding on to things for years and years and years, and it's brought nothing but bring you bondage. Tony Evans said it better than I've ever heard. He said, when you don't forgive somebody, that individual becomes your warden. And you're their inmate. And they keep you in prison and they hold the keys. And every time they dingle those keys, oh boy, they stir you up. Every time they jingle those keys, they get you riled up. And until you forgive them, they're going to continue to rule your life. Friend, there's not but one thing and one person that ought to rule our life, and it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And if He's going to rule our life, we must let go. Preacher, you don't know the upraising that I've had. I know. I don't know, but God knows today. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything you went through. Preacher, you don't know where I come from. You don't know what so-and-so did to me. You don't know what so-and-so did to me. You just don't know, friend. God knows. And I know that you can't be forgiven until you take those individuals and forgive them. You've got to forgive them. Friend, you were saved to get out of the bondage of sin. You were saved to quit living that way. You were saved so that you didn't have to be depressed all the time. Get out of that bondage. Get out of that and get victory in your life. And let me tell you something. It comes when we forgive others. You know why? Because then we are forgiven. Aren't you glad to be forgiven? About twelve of you. Aren't you glad to be forgiven? Isn't it wonderful to be here and stand here as a sinner and say that I've been forgiven? Because the precious blood of Jesus has had its effect on my life. Why must I forgive others? Why? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. So that I might be forgiven. But notice Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. If you're with me, say amen. I know this can be a difficult subject. I, I know, I understand, I've been here, I'm here every day. But I'll tell you, friend, the Word of God is right for us. The Word of God is perfect for us. And I want you to know that true peace, true joy in our relationship with Jesus does not come until we fulfill the Scripture. Notice what it said in Ephesians 4 and in verse 32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. For Christ's sake, I like that. For Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Why has God forgive us? Because of Jesus Christ. We've gone through Jesus. We've allowed His blood to cover our sins, okay? Why must I forgive others so that I might be forgiven? And for the simple fact, because I have been forgiven. I have been forgiven. You forgive others as Jesus Christ has forgiven you. Preacher, you don't know what that individual's done to me. 
You don't know how long they've hated me, how long they have made my life miserable. You don't know what all that individual has done to me. And friend, we all have our stories. We all have our enemies. We all have that opposition. They're in everybody's life. And I want you to know that if you're holding on to that, the devil is happy this morning. Okay? But here is the simple fact. You need to forgive them because God has forgiven you. And I understand that they're wrong. I understand that they're wrong in everything they do. And it doesn't matter if they admit they're wrong. Friend, our responsibility is to forgive them because Jesus Christ has forgiven us. And if God can forgive us, then by George, we can forgive anybody. You say, preacher, they've done me wrong, they've done me wrong, they've done me wrong. Friend, we have done God wrong. Over and over and over again. And you know what? He keeps forgiving over and over again. Isn't He long-suffering this morning? Isn't He merciful and graceful this morning? And no matter how many times we come before Him and say, Oh, Lord, please forgive me. He forgives us over and over and over again. Friend, I promise you there's not one person in your life that has done you as bad as we've done God this morning. We have forsaken Him. We have lied to Him. We have rejected Him time and time and time again. And He has done nothing but showered love down upon us. And oh, man, I'm so thankful, Brother Allen, this morning for that agape love. That unconditional love. That regardless of how bad and how awful and how evil I've been to Him, He keeps on loving me. He keeps on showering down forgiveness on my soul. Aren't you glad that God loves us when we don't? Deserve being loved. Aren't you glad that He showers grace down upon us when we're not worthy of it? You say, preacher, they're not worth loving. You're not either. They're not worth forgiving. You're not either. Friend, don't forget where you come from. Don't forget where you was when God saved you. Friend, if God can save you and forgive you and love on you, we need to love on other people and forgive them. Why? Because we've been forgiven. We ought to know. We ought to understand. If anybody knows what it means to be forgiven, we ought to know. Because bless God, we've been forgiven. And we take that same principle and we apply it. Our family members. Our church family. You know, here at Promised Land, there's going to be times we get offended by one another. Don't hold on to that. Take care of it. Let's get it right. Let's forgive. Let's get right. Friend, the devil's going to use anything and anybody. Don't let him use you today. Don't let him use that. Friend, we must forgive for the simple fact because we've been forgiven. Notice James chapter 4. If you're with me, say amen. Hebrews, James, I've got to go through the list here. James chapter 4. And I want you to notice this last one. Why I must forgive others. To fulfill Scripture so that I might be forgiven because I have been forgiven and because of the preciousness of life. James 4 and verse 13, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Let me tell you something. My wife makes me mad every day. I heard somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. 
but I make her mad every day too. I can be a horrible husband. I can be a sorry husband. I can be a sorry daddy. I'm not going to turn that around now. But we can all be sorry. But one thing that I've been given the very day that I got saved is the power and the spirit to forgive. My wife's going to let me down because she's a sinner. And I mean that out of love this morning. But she's a sinner and so am I. And because we're sinners, we're going to get in arguments. Because we're sinners, we're going to offend one another. But you know what? I'm supposed to forgive my wife. You know what? My kids are going to let me down. You know what? I'm going to let them down. They're supposed to forgive me, and I'm supposed to forgive them. Let me tell you this morning, life is too short to hold on to hard feelings. Life is too short to get bitter. I'll never forget the very weekend that I resigned at First Baptist Church of Wells, Texas. We went to Alto, Texas, where Lacey worked. We went to a football game with little, little, I say a little boy. He was a junior in high school, 16, 17-year-old boy. I'll never forget him walking to the sidelines, and he fell over. Coaches called him. They got him to the, to the benches there, and they laid him out. Myself and Lacey went down there and worked on him and lost that young man right there on the football field. 16, 17 years old. And I just cried and I bawled my eyes out that night. And I got in the car and I called my dad. I said, Dad, I love you. I called my brother and said, Brother, I love you. I got my family. I said, Family, I love you. Because I was reminded how short life is. And we get so hard-hearted and bitter over the smallest things. And the reality of it is, I may get mad at Lacey. And today may be her day to go to heaven. I don't know, because life's a vapor. Life's too short. And I may get mad at her because the way she put the toilet paper in the deal. Y'all laugh, but we've been mad for smaller things. And for her, for us to get in an argument and her to leave the house, and God forbid something happened and I never see her again, the last time I saw her, we were mad and bitter over a roll of toilet paper. Friend, life is too short to hold on. Preacher, you don't know what Daddy did to me. Friend, I do know this. He may have been sorry, but you got one Daddy in life and you better love him. And you better forgive him. you got one Mama in life and you better love him and you better forgive him. you got you got one set of brothers, one set of sisters. Those are your brothers and sisters whether you like them or not. Friend, you better love on them while you have them. Because you may not have them tomorrow. You may not have them tonight. Preacher, oh, you don't know what old so-and-so did to me. Friend, life is too short to hold on to that. Here at Promised Land, we need to understand that life is but a vapor. This very day, the eastern sky could split wide open. Jesus could come back right now. And friend, there's no sense in us sitting around counting everything and everybody and what they've done wrong to us and how they've wronged us and done us bad. Friend, quit worrying about that. Let it go this morning. Get some victory in your life. Quit holding on to that stuff. It ain't nothing but the devil that's using that. That's holding you down. Friend, if we could get some forgiveness in our heart for others, friend, we could walk in a victory. We could walk in the abundance of life if we would let go of some of these things. Preacher, you just don't know. Friend, life is too short. 
And I've seen it time and time again where families call me and somebody has died and they said, Preacher, the last time I talked to them, you don't know how bad I talked to them. Oh, you don't know. Man, me and Daddy ain't talked for 20 years, but here I am standing over his casket. Friend, that's sad. That is sad. And as God's people, we shouldn't have any part of that. We've got to forgive. And we've got to let go. If we're going to have prosperity in Promised Land Church, we've got to forgive and we've got to let go. You say, what does that mean? Jesus said it. You have all against your brother, you go to him. And you take care of it. If somebody in this room has offended you, you need to go to them and y'all need to take care of it this morning. If your loved one has offended you, when you leave this place, you call them, you go to their house. You say, brother, you've offended me. Brother, this is what's going on. Sister, this is what's going on. Friend, we got to get right. we got to get right. You know why? Because life is precious. And I don't want to waste it. Because of bitter, bitter life. You remember Naomi? She went off to Moab, the land of promise, she thought, to get bread because there was bread there. She lost her son. She lost her husband. She lost everything she had. She come home. And she said, just call me Mara. You know what Mara means? Bitter. She said, just call me bitter. Just call me bitter. Some people like living life that way. Y'all ever run into somebody that's just bitter? They just have nothing positive to say? Their outlook on life is horrible because they're holding on to those things. I want to encourage you by the authority of the Word of God to let go of it. You say, how do I do it, preacher? You put it in the hands of Jesus Christ. And you say, Lord, here it is. Because, friend, if you don't, you can't be forgiven. You say, why should I do that? Because you have been forgiven. And God commanded you to. And friend, today may be the day that Jesus takes us home. Wouldn't that be awesome if He came back today? But wouldn't you hate to leave on the fact that you lived a bitter life? I've seen people hold on to things for 20, 30 years. Don't let them rule your life. Let Jesus rule your life. Don't let opposition rule you. Don't let your enemy rule you. You let Jesus rule you today. We need victory in our hearts and our life. We've got to let it go. Kennedy runs through the house all the time singing, Let it go, let it go. Y'all know? We laugh. But friend, we've got to let it go. We've got to put it in the hands of the Master. We've got to say, Jesus, here it is. And through His strength and through His Spirit, He's going to help us to forgive. If somebody's in this place today that's offended you, you need to go to them this morning. You need to get it right. If there's somebody at home, maybe they're in another state, and you have held on to that for years and years, you need to fall down where you are, fall on these altars, and say, Lord, give me what I need to forgive them. And then when you leave this place, you go get it right with them. Let me tell you something. We do it. Because that's what saved people do. That's what we do as God's people. We get right with others. We have forgiveness for other people. You know why? Because Jesus started all this. Because He's forgiven us. I have, I have let Him down. I've betrayed Him. 
I've rejected him. I've been unfaithful. I've told him things that I'd do, and I didn't do it. My mercy, I've been so evil to him. He's done nothing but love me. He's done nothing but shower down every provision that I ever need. But I've done him so wrong. But every time that I've humbled my heart and I've gone before him, and under that precious blood, I said, Lord, forgive me. He's faithful and he's just to forgive me my sins. What's well, a good God? That's a good God to be able to stand here and say today that I'm not perfect. I'm not the best of daddies. I'm not the best of husbands. But I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Friend, have you been forgiven? Go before the Lord and seek forgiveness this morning. You may have been a horrible daddy. You may have been a horrible husband. Start by going to the Lord and asking for forgiveness. And then you go out and He'll give you the ability and the strength to forgive those around us. I want you to stand very quiet, very reverent. Miss Dina's going to play this morning. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. I don't know what's going on in your life. But if there's a hard feeling, I want you to take care of it right now. Maybe they're standing here in this room. Go grab them right now. Go grab them right now and forgive them. These altars are open. Maybe you need to fall down at the altar. Maybe there's something you've been holding on to for years and years and years. Maybe you hadn't even been able to get saved because you wouldn't let go of that stuff. Would you get saved this morning? Would you be saved today? Let God save your soul. If you have a public decision, would you do it today? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Make that decision right now.